influence as specific incidents. The third primary way in which we are conditioned is by specific incidents. What did you experience when you were young around money, wealth, and rich people? These experiences are extremely important because they shape the beliefs or rather the illusions you now live by. Let me give you an example. A woman who was an operating room nurse attended the Millionaire Mind Intensive Seminar. Josie had an excellent income, but somehow she always spent all of her money. When we dug a little deeper, she revealed that she was 11 years old when she was at a Chinese restaurant with her parents and a sister and mom and dad were having yet another bitter argument about money that day. Her dad was standing up, screaming and slamming his fist on the table. She remembers him turning red, then blue, and falling to the floor from a heart attack. She was on the swim team at school and had CPR training, which she administered, but to no avail. Her father died in her hands. And so, from that day forth, Josie's mind linked money with pain. It's a no wonder then that as an adult, she subconsciously got rid of all her money in an effort to get rid of her pain. It's also interesting to note that she became a nurse. Why? Is it possible that she was still trying to save her dad? At the curse, we helped Josie identify her old money blueprint and revise it. Today, she's well on her way to becoming financially free. She's also not a nurse anymore. Not that she didn't enjoy a job. It's just that she was in the nursing profession for the wrong reason. She's now a financial planner, still helping people, but this time one-on-one -on -one, to understand how that past programming runs every aspect of their financial lives. It's necessary to understand how your past programming runs every aspect of your financial life as a person. Let me give you another example of a specific incident, one that's closer to home. When my wife was eight years old, she would hear the clanging bells of the ice cream truck coming down the street. She would run to her mom and ask for a quarter. Her mom would reply, sorry dear, I don't have any money. Go ask your dad. Dad's got all the money in the world. My wife would then go to ask her dad. He would give her a quarter. She would go get her ice cream cone and she was a happy camper. Week after week, the same incident would repeat itself. So what did my wife learn about money? First, that men have all the money. So once we got married, what do you think she expected of me? That's right, money, right? And I'll tell you what. She wasn't asking for quarters anymore. Somehow she had graduated. <laughs> Second, she learned that women don't have money. If her mom, the deity, didn't have money, obviously this is the way she should be. To validate that way of being, she would subconsciously get rid of all her money. She was quite precise about it too. If 
to give her hundred dollars, she would spend hundred dollars. If you give her two hundred dollars, she would spend two hundred dollars. If you give her five hundred dollars, she would spend five hundred dollars. And if you give her one thousand dollars, she would spend one thousand dollars. Then she took one of my courses and learned all about the art of leverage. I gave her two thousand dollars, she spent ten thousand dollars. I tried to explain, no honey, leverage means we are the ones who are supposed to get $10,000, not spend it. Somehow, it just wasn't sinking in. The only thing we ever fought about was money. It almost cost us our marriage. What we didn't know at the time was that the meanings each of us attributed to money were radically different. To my wife, money meant immediate pleasure as in enjoying our ice cream. I, on the other hand, grew up with a belief that money was meant to be accumulated as the means to create freedom. As far as I was concerned, whenever my wife spent money, she wasn't spending money. She was spending our future freedom. And as far as she was concerned, whenever I held her back from spending, I was taking away our pleasure in life. Thank goodness we learned how to revise each of our money blueprints and more importantly create a third money blueprint specifically for the relationship i would like to share the success story from deborah chamitov today i have 18 sources of income of passive income and i no longer need a job job yes I am rich, but more importantly, my life is enriched, joyful, and abundant. But it wasn't always this way. Money used to be a burden to me. I trusted strangers to manage my financial affairs just so I wouldn't have to deal with it. I lost almost everything during the last stock market crash, and I didn't even realize it until it was too late. More importantly, I lost my self-respect Paralyzed with fear, shame, and hopelessness, I withdrew from everyone and everything around me. I continued to punish myself right up until I was dragged to the millionaire mind. During that transformational weekend, I reclaimed my power and resolved to take control of my own financial destiny. I embraced the declarations of wealth and forgave myself for past mistakes truly believing that I deserve to be wealthy and now I'm actually having fun managing my own money I'm financially free and know I always will be because I have a millionaire mind thank you Ab thank you does all this work let me put it this way I've witnessed three miracles in my life the birth of my daughter the birth of my son my wife and I not fighting about money anymore. Statistics show that the number one cause of all relationship breakups is money. The biggest reason behind the fights people have about money is not the money itself, but the mismatch of their blueprints. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. If your blueprint doesn't match that of the person you're dealing with, you will have a major challenge. This goes for married couples, dating couples, family relationships, and even business associates. The key is 
to comprehend that you are dealing with blueprints, not money. Once you recognize a person's money blueprint, you can deal with your partner in a way that works for both of you. You can begin by becoming aware that your partner's money files are probably not the same as yours. Instead of getting upset, choose understanding. Do your best to find out what's important to your partner in the arena of money and identify his or motivations and fears. In this way, you will be dealing with the roots instead of the fruits and have a good shot of making it work. Otherwise, no way, Joseph. One of the most important things you will learn should you decide to attend the Melania Mind Intensive Seminar is how to recognize your partner's money blueprint as well as how to create a brand new blueprint between both of you that helps you as partners get what you really want. Now there are steps for change in relation to specific incidents. Here's an exercise you can do with your partner. Sit down and discuss the history each of you brings to your thoughts about money. What you had when you were young. What was modeled in your family and any emotional incidents that occurred. Also, find out what money really means to your partner. Is it pleasure or freedom or security or status? This will assist you in identifying each other's current money blueprint and may help you discover why you might be disagreeing in this arena. Another thing to discuss is what you want to date, not as individuals, but as a partnership. Decide and agree upon your general goals and attitudes with regard to money and success. Then create a list of these attitudes and actions you both agree to live by. Write them down. Post them on the wall. And if ever there's an issue, gently, very gently, remind each other what you decided together when you were both objective, unemotional, and outside the grip of your old money blueprints. Remember the ways to solve these things are same as we said earlier when we talked about modeling. Awareness. You must come to understand as well. So first you're aware of the specific emotional incident you experienced around money when you were young. Another thing is to understand it and write down how this incident may have in fact affected your current financial life. Disassociation is another thing you want to employ. You can actually literally look at it again and ask yourself, can you see this way of being is only what you learned and isn't you? Can you see that you have a choice in the present moment to be different? And of course, let's make a declaration again. Place your hand on your heart and say this. I release my non-supportive money experiences from the past and create a new and rich future. Touch your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. So, my question to you. What is your money blueprint set for? It's necessary that you understand what your money blueprint is set for. It's time for you to answer the million dollar question. What is your current money and success blueprint? And what result is subconsciously moving you toward your goals? Are you set for success 
mediocrity or financial failure? Are you programmed for struggle or for ease around money? Are you set for working hard for your money or working in balance? Are you conditioned for having a consistent income or an inconsistent income? You know the scope. First you have it, then you don't. Then you have it, then you don't. (laughs) It always appears as though the reason for these drastic fluctuations come from the outside world. For instance, I got a great paying job, but then the company folded. Then I started my own business and things were booming. But the markets dried up. My next business was doing super, but then my partner left, etc. Don't be fooled. This is your blueprint at work. Are you set for having a high income, a moderate income, or a low income? Did you know there are actual dollar amounts for which many of us are programmed? Are you set for earning $20,000 to $30,000 a year, $40,000 to $60,000, $75,000 to $100,000, to $200,000, $250,000 a year or more? A few years ago, I had an unusually well-dressed gentleman in the audience during one of my two-hour evening seminars. When the seminar was complete, he came over and asked if I thought the three-day millionaire mind course could do anything for him, considering he was already earning $500,000 a year. I asked him how long he had earned that kind of money. He responded consistently for about seven years now. That was all I needed to hear. I asked him why he wasn't earning $2 million a year. I told him that the program was for people who want to reach their full financial potential and asked him to consider why he was stuck at half a million. He decided to come to the program. I got an email from him a year later that said, the program was incredible but I made a mistake. I only reset my money blueprint to earn the $2 million a year as we discussed. I'm already there. So I'm attending the course again to reset it for earning $10 million a year. Wow. The point I want to make is that the actual amounts don't matter. What matters is whether you're reaching your full financial potential. I know many of you might be asking, why on earth would anyone need that kind of money? First, that very question is not overly supportive to your wealth and is a sure sign you will want to revise your money blueprint. Second, the main reason this gentleman wanted to earn massive amounts of money was to support his work as a huge donor to the charity that assists AIDS victims in Africa. So much for the belief that rich people are greedy. Let's get on with this. Are you programmed for saving money or for spending money? Are you programmed for managing your money well or mismanaging it? Are you set for picking winning investments or picking losers? You might wonder, how could whether or not I make money in the stock market or in real estate be part of my blueprint? Simple. Who picks the stock or the property? You do. Who picks when you buy it? You do. Who picks when you sell it? You do. I guess you've got something to do with the equation. 
I have an acquaintance in San Diego named Larry. Larry is a magnet when it comes to making money. He definitely has a high income blueprint, but he has the kiss of death when it comes to investing his money. Whatever he buys drops like a rock. Would you believe his dad had the exact same problem? Duh! I keep in close touch with Larry so I can ask him for investment advice. Is it always perfect, perfectly wrong? Whatever Larry suggests, I go the other way. I love Larry. On the other hand, notice how other people seem to have what we termed earlier, the Midas torch. Everything they get involved returns to gold. Both the Midas torch and the kiss of death syndromes and nothing more than the manifestations of money blueprints. Once again, your money blueprints will determine your financial life and even your personal life. If you're a woman whose money blueprint is set for low, chances are you will attract a man who is also set for low so you can stay in your financial comfort zone and validate your blueprint. If you're a man who is set for low, chances are you will attract a woman who is a spender and gets rid of all your money so you can stay in your financial comfort zone and validate your blueprint. Most people believe the success of their business is a primarily is primarily dependent on their business skills and knowledge or at least their timing of, of the marketplace. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but that's la la land, which is another way of saying not a chance. How well your business does is a result of your money blueprint. You will always validate your blueprint. If you have a blueprint that is set for earning $100,000 a year, that's exactly how well the business will do. Enough to earn you about $100,000 a year. If you're a salesperson and your money blueprint is set for earning $50,000 a year and somehow you make a huge sale that makes you $90,000 that year, either the sale was cancelled or if you do end up with $90,000, get ready for a crummy year to follow to make up for it and bring you back to the level of your financial blueprint. On the other hand, if you're set for earning $50,000 and you've been in a slump for a couple of years, don't worry, you'll get it all back. You have to. It's a subconscious law of the mind and money. Someone in this position will probably walk across the street, get hit by a bus, and end up with exactly $50,000 a year in an insurance. It's simple. One way or another, if you are set for $50,000 a year, eventually that's what you will get. So again, how can you tell what your money blueprint is set for? One of the most obvious ways is to look at your results. Look at your bank account, look at your income, look at your net worth, look at your success with investments, look at your business success, look at whether you're a spender or a saver, look at whether you manage money well, look at how consistent or inconsistent you are, look at how hard you work for your money, look at your relationships that involve money. Is money a struggle or does it come to you easily? Do you own a business or do you have a job? Do you stick with one business or job for a long time 
or do you jump around a lot? Your blueprint is like a thermostat. If the temperature in the room is 72 degrees, chances are good that the thermostat is set for 72 degrees. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Is it possible that because the window is open and it is cold outside, the temperature in the room can drop to 65 degrees? Of course, but what will eventually happen? The thermostat will kick in and bring the temperature back to 72. Also, is it possible that because the window is open and it's hot outside, the temperature in the room can go up to 77 degrees? Sure, it could. But what will eventually happen? The thermostat will kick in and bring in the temperature back to 72. The only way to permanently change the temperature in the room is to reset the thermostat. In the same way, the only way to change your level of financial success permanently is to reset your financial thermostat, otherwise known as your money blueprint. This is a wealth principle for you to hold on to. The only way to permanently change the temperature in the room is to reset the thermostat. In the same way, the only way to change your level of financial success permanently is to reset your financial thermostat. You can try anything and everything else you want. You can develop your knowledge in business, in marketing, in sales, in negotiations, and in management. You can become an expert in real estate or the stock market. All of this are tremendous tools, but in the end, without an inner toolbox that is big enough and strong enough for you to create and hold on to large amounts of money, all the tools in the world will be useless to you. Once again, it's simple arithmetic. Your income can grow only to the extent that you do. Fortunately or unfortunately, your personal money and success blueprints will tend to stay with you for the rest of your life unless you identify and change it. And that is exactly what we will continue to do in part two of this book and do even further with you at this book club at the pen minds book club remember that the first element of all change is awareness watch yourself become conscious observe your thoughts your fears your beliefs your habits your actions and even your inactions put yourself under a microscope study yourself most of us believe that we live our lives based on choice not usually even if we are really enlightened we might make just a few choices during the average day that reflect our awareness of ourselves in the present moment but for the most part we are like robots running on automatic ruled by our past conditioning and old habits that's where consciousness comes in consciousness is observing your thoughts and actions so that you can live from true choice in present moment rather than being run by programming from the past it's best that you are not running by a program from the past note this world principle again consciousness is observing your thoughts and actions so that you can live from true choice in the present moment rather than being run by programming from the past. I love you always.
Thanks for staying through and listening. And we'll just move on to hearing from you, getting your insights, your questions, your comments as usual. Let's learn from each other. I love you. Now it's time to share.